Welcome to Neoweek Audio, a collection of podcasts and Twitter spaces produced and curated by Neoweek, the number one news and community platform for the Neo Protocol and the Aurora ecosystem. At neoweek.com slash podcasts, you can find every interesting audio piece from the community in one place. We curate content on topics such as DeFi, NFTs, gaming, DAOs, community hangouts, and more. Basically, we got you covered near fam. And without further ado, let's dig in.
Jam Jam. I think we've got all the speakers on stage now. It's not just to request. Um, yeah, let's uh, let's do this. Um, Jam Jam, welcome everyone to Audley's weekly spaces called the Audible Club. We're still trying to come up with a good name for it, and we're open to suggestions. I'm Brandon, your host today, speaking from the Orderly logo. I mostly say GM on Twitter at Orderly. Uh, today we have a, a very interesting combination of guests. We have centralized exchanges, we have DEXs, aggregators, pretty much everything. We have guests from DTSC, WooFi, Umami, RageTrade, TangleSwap, and of course Orderly. And yeah, I guess let's uh, begin straight away with a, a round of intros. Uh, can each of you just give a brief introduction of who you are and, a, and an overview of your project? So yeah, uh, let's start with, uh, let's keep at home, let's start with Arjun. Hey guys, how are we doing? Um, for those of you that don't know me, uh, I'm Arjun Aurora, I'm COO at Orderly Network. Uh, I'm sure since we've been doing quite a few of these spaces that most people are probably familiar um, with who we are at Orderly, but if they aren't, I'll give like a very, very quick um, couple of lines on it. Um, so Orderly, Orderly Network is an omni-chain trading infrastructure with a focus of uni unifying liquidity across different blockchains. Uh, we're building the ultimate trading logo for a very seamless sort of DAP integration by any builder on any blockchain. I think it's important to remember that we are um, an infrastructure-based project, so protocols can build on top of us. Uh, our focus is effectively trying to transform DeFi by, by combining the transparency and composability of DEXs, but most importantly, with the speed and performance of their centralized counterparts. So I guess, in essence, you can see us, uh, you know, something we've been talking about internally for a while anyway, you can see us a bit like a, a decentralized backend to Binance to some sort, uh, one large piece of infrastructure and unified liquidity network where loads of different protocols can uh, tap into us and have instant access to our tech stack uh, for both liquidity on spot and perpetual future markets. Great. Thanks a lot, Arjun. Uh, yeah, let's take it over to, to George. Tell us about Wufa. Hey, guys. Good to be here. Good to see you, Brandon, Arjun. I also see uh, Wen Moon is in here, uh, whom I think I met maybe a couple of months ago. Good to see you in here, brother. Uh, my name is George. I'm the marketing lead for Wufi. Um, to give a bit of background about Wufi, you know, we're a leading uh, cross-chain decentralized exchange, uh, pretty much the first uh, DEX to ever build on layer zero and pioneer uh, one-click cross-chain swaps. I have executed about 3.4 million of those uh, in about the time frame of a year, uh, which account for about 5%, just under 5% of all transactions on layer zero. Uh, in addition, we've overseen more than about 6.7 billion in trading volume. Uh, in addition to that, like we're building out a gasless uh, club dex, uh, which is currently live on Arbitrum Go Early, uh, basically leveraging orderly network, and that should be going live, uh, hopefully, sort of like in in late October, early November. Uh, very excited to be here and to kind of talk all things DeFi uh, with everyone here today. Thanks, George. You came prepared with stats. I like it. Uh, yeah, and next up, we get uh, Blake from BTSC. Yep. Um, nice to see everyone here this evening or this afternoon. Uh, my name is Blake. I'm the head of DeFi strategy at Bitsy. Um, if you don't know about Bitsy, we're most, uh, I'd like to think, well-known for our centralized exchange as well as our kind of uh, payments infrastructure uh, that helps people on and off-ramp to and from that. Um, and then today we'll be talking about our decks as well and kind of how that fits into our overall product vision between um, all three of those components. Yeah, thanks. Amazing. Thanks, Blake. Uh, yeah, and next let's take it to, to TangoSwap. Hey, everyone. Tistron here. Nice to meet you all. Um, I'm co-founder of TangoSwap, an innovative omnichain DeFi protocol uh, with a core of a concentrated liquidity decks. Uh, what we are building is basically trying to, what we call invisible DeFi, making it so users interact with DeFi as they do in, in FinTech and, and all of that powered by the state of the art DeFi. So we are not live yet, going live uh, later this month, but super excited about it. Uh, thanks. 
Yeah, thanks for that. Visible DeFi, I like it. Uh, next up, a uh, race trade. You guys, you guys came prepared. You got uh, two people. Yeah, it'll actually be just me today. Um, but uh, yeah, thanks for having us. Um, my name is Viper, and I'm head of BD at Rage Trade. And uh, for those of you who are not familiar with Rage Trade, we are building our perp aggregator slash prime broker um, that will be multi-chain across all EVM compatible chains. Amazing. Okay, and then great. And then last, uh, we've got uh, Umami. Hey guys, it's uh, Wen Moon, yeah. I'm the treasury manager at Umami Finance. Uh, happy to be here, obviously, with so many uh, friends of ours. And uh, essentially what we do very simply is we are a yield um, vault protocol. Essentially, we create these vaults that give you single staking exposure to different yield opportunities. Right now, we're built on GMX and we're hoping to expand uh, not just uh, what yield opportunity we were providing. So right now we're um, built on top of GMX on Arbitrum, but we want to expand to different chains. So um, obviously, you know, uh, that's why we were such big fans of obviously Orderly, Woo, and everybody else here. Um, and yeah, so right now uh, we offer um, like 16% or 10 to 16% uh, APY on any of the core crypto assets that you might have. So USDC, ETH, um, BTC, and the way that we make that yield very simply is just that we run a market making strategy uh, that um, we delta neutralize or um, you know hedge out for you uh, all automatically. Okay, super interesting and uh, yeah, amazing. And thanks everyone for the introductions. And I, I will dive straight into it. Uh, I mean, I start here with uh, Arjun from for Audley. Uh, yeah, I just want you can you explain uh, how Audley is working with BTSC and and Wufi Pro? Yeah, sure. Um, so first and foremost, right, like we can talk about the the Wufi Pro side, right? We were incubated by Wu back in late 2021. So working together with them, taking a lot of their learnings. Uh, learning from their experience that they have building out both a centralized and decentralized products is a very, very fairly obvious and easy synergy, right? So we have a great time working with the Wu team. Um, second to that, I think post-DeFi summer, it was very obvious to see that there was a, there's a clear emergence of more performant trading, uh, trading protocols within the DeFi space. And then, of course, like towards the end of last year, right, we saw the FTX collapse, the the importance of self-custody and transparency for those wanting to trade, you know, a wide range of different crypto assets just grew and grew, right? So since then, I think we've seen DeFi volumes rally compared to centralized uh, finance volumes, uh, which have declined. And there's this ongoing narrative or ongoing battle between like, who's going to win, CeFi or DeFi, right? Um, I think at Orderly, we don't really see that being a, a battle. I think we, we see a huge space for collaborating with... Um, C5 players and creating a more hybrid style approach, um, helping C5 players sort of widen their product offering, allowing their users to, um, allowing their users to like pick and choose how they want to interact and trade. Right, I think as the ecosystem develops, offering these options is more of a, a sliding scale as opposed to a binary option of should it be C5, should it be DeFi. Um, both Wu WuFi and Bitsy are, are doing this. Obviously, of course. WuFi have an existing DeFi swap that, that George mentioned and reeled off a, a bunch of very, very impressive uh, uh, stats about. Um, and of course, of course, we're working with them on the order book side of things, um, enabling WuFi to, to help continue the very impressive DeFi mission they've had to date, um, leveraging their existing large user base to build out an omni-chain sort of perp and spot order book. That's the first piece, I guess, when it comes to WuFi Pro. Um, with Bitsy, it's it's similar in or in the same vein, um, but they are almost starting from scratch on the DeFi side. Um, DeFi players like Bitsy kind of have a, an extremely strong reputation, a large user base, a fantastic brand, uh, an active community, um, maybe even like a, a cult following, if you will, to an extent, especially a lot of these centralized players um, have. And I think helping them widen that product offering, like I mentioned earlier, enable a, a decentralized version of their product. So instead of the narrative I kind of talked about earlier, right, like losing users to DeFi protocols, we're able to help 
enable that to give their users an option, right? Like either log in with your email and password, your 2FA and trade on the sex or connect your wallet and start trading on the DeFi product, right? It's the, it's the same look and feel and branding that their users know and love from the CeFi side. Um, but with all the benefits, you know, of, of DeFi that we all know, like self-custody, transparency, and of course, with orderly, deep liquidity and high execution. Um, I think in terms of working with WuFi and Bitsy moving forward is imperative or essential for us, right? Like we have to stay extremely in tune with our partners. I mean, I met George from WuFi last Friday. We spent, I don't know, George, what, what all evening talking about WuFi and the future of WuFi. Um I had an hour call with Blake this morning on the Bitsy side. Um, and again, the entire focus is on feedback, user demand, product evolution, you know, what, what we can do together uh, and collaborate on the future, right? So listening to our partners, not just not just WeFi and Bitsy, but a huge suite of partners, some of them on the call today, right? Listening to them, improving, developing our product to align with their audience, their general product roadmap is pretty essential to how we want to evolve as a business. Amazing. Thanks, Arjun. And uh, yeah, it leads you nicely to what I want to tell us next. Is this something this is something for for WuFi and BTC? Uh, I feel like you guys have both done something incredibly unique by launching effectively, you know, a competitor to your core product, but decentralized. Uh, yeah, like what made you launch this offering? Let's start with that. Uh, right, let's go with George. Yeah, sure. Happy to take a stab at that. Maybe like first of all, it's helpful for me to outline to people you know who aren't that familiar with the Woo ecosystem, um, just kind of make it clear that you know we already have a centralized exchange in the ecosystem, uh, Woo X. You know we have Woo Fi, uh, which is like it has cross chain swaps and simple swaps. You know, and uh, as of like a couple uh, three weeks ago, you know we now have uh, Woo Fi Pro, which is this like gasless club decks, which uh, is going to be going live on mainnet in early November. It's kind of, I think we get this question a lot, you know, why is it that we're building out like such a <laughs> uh, extensive, complete ecosystem? I think from, I think there's two things, like from our perspective, life is very different these days to kind of how it was a decade or 20 years ago. I think uh, convenience is now like um, something which kind of like rules our, rules our lives. If you think about it, you know, think about how heavy the world relies on things like Amazon and fast food delivery. I think uh, we've kind of grown very used to being able to have what we want and when we want it. I think with that in mind, you know, there's something to be said for this kind of ecosystem of products, uh, which is so comprehensive that, you know, we could have theoretically allow anyone to kind of trade what they want, how they want and where they want. Um, you know, what do I mean by that? I mean, you know, whether you're out and about or you're uh, at home, you want to trade crypto or real world assets, it's, you want to be in CeFi or DeFi, on desktop or mobile, you know, with or without self-custody. I think, you know, we're kind of working towards this vision of being able to cater to like all of those individuals. And I think secondly, there's more of like a personal, uh, there's more of a personal story behind that. And I think that really ties in with uh, like Wu's co-founder, Jack Tan, um, who kind of grew up. Uh, I don't think he was in, he grew up in like a, um, how should we say, like, uh, he didn't come from wealth. I think he discovered uh, crypto kind of at the age of 14 and started trading. Uh, and I think from there, like ended up working at like BNB Paribas and Deutsche Bank and crypto very much like transformed Jack's life for the better. Uh, and I think, you know, much of what we do is influenced by Jack and kind of this noble, this noble goal that he has to really um, like give to the world access to these kind of tools uh, so that people can kind of change their lives and access uh, economic freedom. So I would say it's very much uh, part and parcel of those two uh, two things as to why we're we're striving so hard to kind of provide anything and everything that any trader could ever want. Thanks, George. It's insightful. Uh, and Blake, to you, Dan. Oh yeah, uh, same question. You know, how do you? What made you launch this kind of competitive product? Yeah, for sure. I think it's a it's a great question, right? So. Um, I think first I have to explain like Bitsy's mission, um, in general is to provide like the infrastructure for asset agnostic global settlements. And so to unpack that, what this means is that we want to enable people to get assets from point A to point B, um, with ever, with whatever intermediate conversion is desired along the way. Right. And, and 
you know, similar to everything that George said, you know, we want to do this in a way um, that's simple and user-friendly, right? So whatever, whatever device you're using, whether you're out, whether you're at home at a desktop, all of that, um, we want to make sure that it's possible for the user. Um, and all of that's a pretty big deal because we know, um, we know that decentralized exchange is also a very important piece of that. You know, as we've, we've done user research, we've tried to understand what our users want, um, what other users might want. Um, we know for certain that users want and demand self-custody and a decentralized experience. So that's why we're here with the Bitsy Dex. Um, yeah, I think like it's uh, people will inevitably move from one to another. I don't think it's going to flip completely to the other side, but rather than try to keep people in the centralized exchange, we want to just give them what they want. Okay, uh, a question for you, both of you again is, um, I, do you feel like eventually you'll move completely decentralized or do you think there's always going to be a bit of a room for both? Let's start with, yeah, yeah George, you can go again. Yeah, go for it. Um, so yeah, so I'm sort of speaking more on behalf of Wu uh, than, than Wu-Fi here, right? Kind of look at speaking like uh, about the whole ecosystem. Uh, I think we'll always uh, have a, have like our feet in both uh, CFI and DeFi. Um, I think, unfortunately, throughout the bear, and actually even before that, you know, I think they've always been, we've had these kind of unfortunate instances um, unfold in crypto. Uh, things like, well, FDX probably being the most recent one that I think is very much well, and, and, and forever will be kind of ingrained in all of our minds, but also block five Celsius, uh, even like looking further back in time, Mount Gox, things like this. Um, it's easy to kind of look at that and really, you know, paint C5 as a failure. But actually, uh, I feel like the, the infrastructure of C5 uh, generally holds up very well. And if you can kind of compare it, you know, with, with DeFi infrastructure, uh, I feel like the two, you know, even still to this day are very much night and day. Um, I would be a bit controversial here and say uh, anyone who, you know, says confidently that like DeFi is at the point where we've kind of already replicated that uh, kind of CeFi experience, you know, that we've kind of perfected the recipe and that we're able to provide that same, that same kind of execution, that same kind of feel that you get, right, uh, that you'd get from a centralized exchange. And, I, and, and you can get this on a DEX. I would say that that person um, hasn't been on chain uh, or they are lying. Uh, I feel like we're, we're, we're close, you know, we're sort of like uh, on the cusp, but not quite there yet. So I think there's still like very much a lot of value uh, in CFI, not only um, just from the infra infrastructure point of view, but also like for onboarding. I think they complement each other, right? My personal experience coming into crypto was uh, like depositing on a CFI, on, on, on a sex, right? I didn't know that this was, like, I was interacting with CFI at the time. You know, a friend of mine just told me about crypto and I had the urge to kind of buy tokens and it was the easiest point of contact for me to do that. Uh, and from there, you know, I then learned that I could do things with those coins, right? That there's application for them. And from there, like, you know, naturally you onboard into DeFi. So I feel like... Uh, for me and maybe for, for others, maybe there's other people listening to the call who, who believe the same, that CFI kind of maybe is higher up in the funnel and that it's actually, it's an important part of the funnel because it's often like a, a, a user's first point of contact when they come into the space. Um, so yeah, definitely always going to be both, I think, is the, is the, is the TLDR. Yeah, a great point there. I, mean, I just feel like a lot of people just think that like crypto is just centralized exchanges. A lot of retail users need to know that there's, you know, people need to know that there's both. Uh, yeah, I guess same question to you, uh, BTC, Dave. Yeah, for sure. I think George put everything very well. But, um, you know, over time, I'm certain that we'll see people continue to migrate to DEXs um, from centralized exchanges or, or maybe even directly. Um, but I, I, th I think sort of there's a you know, a balance and market share between the two that will eventually reach a steady state, right? Um, the reason being, at the end of the day, different users have different needs, right? Um, kind of what they expect from from security, from from custody, from trading experience, right? Um, so for us, uh, 
providing both a CFI and a DeFi experience is really the only way to, to be a market leader in this space, right? Um, just to cater to what different people need. Yeah. Good points. There's definitely always going to be a room for um, people don't always want to self-custody their funds and we definitely need that kind of step. So totally, totally agree with you there. Uh, yeah, so, so now I'm going to take it on to, to Umami and Rage Trade. Uh, I just want to ask you guys a question and like, uh, how do you envision working with, with Audley in the future? Let's start with, uh, let's go with Umami. Sorry, you cut out there where you were uh, answer, asking the question. Can you, can you say it again? Uh, so, yeah, so I, I just said, uh, how do you envision working with Audley in the future? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, this one for us is kind of easy and uh, it's kind of come from um, the the problems that we're currently facing, right, in terms of what we're currently building. So as I kind of mentioned before, uh, we're running this market-making strategy on GMX. And as a protocol, I kind of call us a, uh, a tertiary-level protocol, which what I mean by that is usually that we need two layers uh, to build upon on top of, right? Like there are infrastructure layers, there are um, like DEXs and those kind of things, which are one level above. And then there's us, which kind of sits on the top as a yield uh, aggregator or whatever you really want to call it. Um, what this really means is that we require for every yield opportunity that we want to take advantage of, we require um, somewhere to hedge in our case, right? Because um, our whole um, narrative works around the fact that um, we give users uh, as low risk as possible while they're able to provide liquidity to DeFi uh, and you know earn that yield uh, through this market making strategy. The the problem for us has been um, although we've wanted to expand to so many different. Uh, opportunities around DeFi, there is no uh, real way for us to move out of Arbitrum at the moment. And that's because there is no real liquidity uh, to hedge um, in any real uh, low cost way. Um, and that's really a big problem, right? Uh, because there's number one, very little liquidity for any perpetual exchanges outside of Arbitrum. And there's very little uh, liquidity I mean, uh, even if there is liquidity, the cost uh, to kind of use it is immense. Um, so yeah, that's, that's the problem we're facing and Orderly can kind of help us with that. And, and obviously we've been chatting to you guys about it uh, because obviously um, once we do have this sort of book that we can look at, that we can also take with us any ch on any chain. And we know for a fact that, you know, essentially any due diligence we've done uh, with you guys on Arbitrum, we can also port that over to whichever other chain. It's essentially like, you know, we have that sort of partner that we can hold hands with to take us onto any chain. Um, and, and yeah, that just opens the entire um, omni-chain yield ecosystem for us to kind of transform and give back to users so that they can farm uh, any yield opportunity really that any anyone wants us to touch we can we can do so thanks so those are amazing insights <laughs> important for our, our team to listen to and take note it's great uh yeah I, uh, same question ray trader i need a vision working with audio in the future yeah so great question so you know there is a problem in the space and that problem is fragmented liquidity and this is especially the case when you see multiple perpdexes launching on multiple chains. And so in order to kind of be competitive with centralized exchange deep liquidity, <clears throat> we need to aggregate this on-chain liquidity. And so the way RageTrade is going to work is that, you know, as mentioned, we're going to be a prime broker slash perp aggregator. And we won't have our own pool. <clears throat> Instead... We plan to aggregate these perp dexes across multiple chains through account abstraction. And, um, and so essentially what we're doing is we're going to be slowly integrating all the top perp dexes on all EVM compatible chains and even exploring app chains and even going as far as uh, adding some Cosmos chains like DYDXs. And 
ultimately what we want to do is, um, you know, integrate amongst the best and orderly is definitely on our list. And so we look forward to integrating orderly um, through the Rage Trade app. And so that way you can execute trades um, through our app that will go directly to orderly's uh, volume. And, uh, and uh, yeah. Okay, yeah, it's super exciting. It sounds like a, I know that is one inch for uh, perps, but across everywhere, okay, bullish. Uh, yes, I mean, uh, next question I take to uh, is to tangle swap. Um, yeah, at Audley we we use a you know the shared order book model because uh, it enables projects to kind of you know rapidly launch without having to worry about liquidity. And uh, tangle swap seems quite active about tackling liquidity issues. Uh, can you explain some of the the features you have to you know to tackle this problem? Sure, happy to, to explain a little bit over that. Um, first of all, as mentioned before, one of the uh, biggest issues is liquidity fragmentation. And that's one of the reasons why we are integrating orderly, which also follows uh, our vision of being kind of a layer of invisible DeFi that provides uh, a service for, for its users. In this case, orderly is more focused B2B, right? We will be focusing more on the B2C side of things. Uh, challenges are completely different, but the overall uh, goal is the same, right? Making DeFi uh, unified and like seamless for, for projects and for users that interact with it. So very happy about that. Then when it comes to TangleSwap itself and the core uh, protocol, we have concentrated liquidity decks, which is one of the most efficient, if not the most efficient ways of trading spot uh, in a decentralized way. It's based out of UniB3, but we have uh, added our own innovations like our Oracle Balancer, which in short creates a more fair, fair distribution between arbitrage profits of the arbitragers and, and, and distributed to the LPs. Um, we also have a set of uh, four or five dApps that uh, are equally efficient and are interlinked with each other. Uh, concentrated farms, uh, we have a decentralized reputation system. This one is quite interesting. It's powered by voters uh, cross staking. Um, NST staking, Launchpad. Basically, all these dApps uh, have been crafted and built with the sole purpose of providing the most efficient way of of raising and managing liquidity. So NFT is taken for NFT projects, a launchpad for projects that are raising, and the DEX for basically any any project or, or network or community, etc. So all of this has been crafted with uh, uh, the, the, the goal of providing maximum capital efficiency now, especially now that uh, interest rates are so high, right, and every dollar is more valuable, then we we want it to be uh, taking into the max of its capacity, and and also as I mentioned before, we are working very hard on, at providing a a user um, user centric and friendly interface. So uh, these barriers that exist of knowledge or or this uh, curve that users need to, to pass on when, when they start learning about DeFi is as gets as simple as possible. Okay, amazing. That's very comprehensive. It's great. Uh, and next of all, I, I got a question for Omami um, for X and Moon. Uh, I just want to talk about transparency. Yeah, I mean, the core of like, yeah, crypto is basically around transparency. Uh, you guys do something you know very unique. Uh, whereby you provide like this entire treasury breakdown. I mean, you even go as far as like uh, your liquid runway left in the project. You know, like, uh, you know, what made you do that? So um, I think a lot of the time uh, projects who build around DeFi, right? Like, you know, we're talking already in the space about DeFi versus CeFi. They kind of tend to forget the reasons why uh, we do what we do right and uh, one of the big ethos of DeFi is not just to build on DeFi for the sake of building on DeFi right as 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 george put well right there are the, there are some great things about centralized and there are some great things about DeFi. 
Um, and one of the one of those things, in my opinion, is obviously the transparency. And it has always been a core ethos uh, of ours when building, um, and especially mine when um, managing our treasury, right? So uh, these treasury reports have always been something that I've uh, pushed for to try and um, just explain, number one, to the community, right? Uh, obviously, our project is a DAO, um, which means that essentially the token holders have a right to everything, Um that is within the ecosystem that we have, including the treasury. And so obviously as, as, as those members, they deserve the right to, to know at all times where uh, all assets are, what are they doing, what was the, uh, the motivation behind certain um, processes or business um, strategies that we chose. And, um, so, yeah, that kind of comes down to that, but it kind of extends into all of our products as well, where, um, you know, the the strategy that we're doing is actually a strategy um, is, is it, it, for, for most retail users and for more, most DeFi users, it kind of seems a bit uh, crazy and a bit out of the blue. Like, how the hell do you take this GLP thing and and give single-sided exposure, and how can this then earn, like, double-digit APR? Um, you know, it kind of seems too good to be true, but uh, from a, if you talk to any centralized market maker, they've been running this similar strategy for over a year now, just almost exactly the same. Uh, but obviously the problem is, take, let's take any of these for an example. If you were to give your money to these uh, individuals, who knows how... Uh, where it will be in a year's time, right? We've seen problems with centralized uh, entities in terms of transparency with SPF, FTX, um, three hours capital and, and so on. So our whole thing was why not give um, everybody, including these great traders and including uh, the market makers, but also including retail, the opportunity to play into these uh, strategies but put them all on chain so that number one, you know, it's never um, ruggable, right? The contracts are the contracts and you could take a look at them. They're audited and um, at all times, you know where every asset in the strategy is, right? Uh, in, uh, you know how much is in GLP, you know how much is being used to hedge, you know, uh, you can even view, as, if you believe the strategy might not be working, you can actually view how, how uh, in real time, how is the strategy performing and everything around that. So, um, yeah, transparency has always been uh, a very big thing for us. And it kind of continues to be um, in, in everything that we do. And that's why, uh, you know, in every integration that we add, um, including orderly, it's going to be one of the, one of the things that we do focus on. Uh, and that's one of the things that will allow us to get to all of these changes and hopefully grow market share. Amazing. Yeah, I, I highly recommend you guys actually go and read through those treasury reports. They're extremely interesting. And like, then another thing about you guys is that you always seem to be incredibly innovative and fast to kind of pick up trends. You know, you're early to like rebase mechanisms, perps, vaults. Uh, you know, what, what, what is next for Mar for Marmion? How, how do you how do you do this? How do you keep achieving that? So um, I think uh, it, it is a kind of thing where like DeFi especially kind of goes through these waves um, of narratives. And uh, for us, it's always about being where users want us to be, right? We want to try and make sure that we have um, product market fit. And um, especially in the bear market now, We've gone from, uh, you know, the very start of the Umami Protocol was like an home fork, right? And, and that, I think, worked well uh, in the bull market where everybody wanted a 1,000% APY. But I think um, as we saw the bear market, people started to take a shift from protocols that were like Ponzi-nomics to uh, protocols that were actually producing real uh, revenue and actual strategies and more complicated, but more sophisticated in, in a sense. And, and those were the ones that start to shine. 
So as our users and as, as the DeFi landscape started to change, uh, we've evolved with it and um, our products kind of reflect that. So right now, I think uh, one of the strong suits of ours is that like if you do have, um, especially in this bear market where prices aren't really going up or down, and I think a lot of traders that I know especially have um, sort of not even um, just lost money, but just fatigued, mental fatigue from uh, ha having the market just go sideways for, for however many months it has been and however many months it will continue to be. You can, um, I'm sure everybody has long-term bags of whatever, ETH, USDC, they might be having on the sidelines or whatever. Our idea is that you can take these assets and even if, you know, you might be um, waiting to deploy those assets or just waiting for the next bull run, whatever it may be, uh, you can put those assets in our vault and still make sure that those are, you know, put to work, quote unquote. Uh, and that's one of the narratives that we're looking at today and um, it, it, looking to the future. I think um, in terms of narratives around DeFi, uh, obviously perks is, is still uh, looking like a big thing. It, it There are like a lot of other um, narratives, I think, that are slowly starting to form, but it is another case of, uh, I think in the bear market, everything starts to slow down. Volumes obviously are lower. So uh, narratives that take a longer time to form, uh, but usually they're more concrete here. So um, it's it's another one of those things that for now, the next product is, is revolved around a very similar thing to what the first product was evolved around. And our idea is just to kind of do these first uh, release the GMX V2 vaults, uh, and then from there have these minor tweaks to... Uh, essentially make the current product even better, more efficient, cheaper, um, more reliable, and better for the users. And then um, we have tons of different other product ideas that rely on some of the things that, you know, we've already talked about today. I think Tanglefoot mentioned UniV2. Uh, that's another thing, I mean, sorry, UniV3, another thing where big proponents of, um, and that's another one of the product ideas we have on the roadmap, but, um, yeah, as those, as those narratives shape up, the great thing about what we've built is that we can um, sort of shift our focus to anything at any time. And uh, that's what we, what we plan to do in like the next year or so. so. Okay, amazing. Thanks for that. And yeah, it's definitely some uh, attractive yields on them, Army. Uh, the next, I just want to give it like a kind of a plot on it. Everyone is just like kind of a, a shill zone, you know, so I also want to ask the question, you know, why should users uh, or builders choose your platform? You know, like uh, what, what sets you apart? And let's take it back to, to George. I haven't heard from you in a little while now. Of course, yeah. I think like, um, you know, one of the strengths, the, one of the strengths of Woo, you know, is that really, we really kind of live and breathe trading, right? Like we know like the back of our hand goes back to, you know, me relaying that point earlier about how, you know, Jack has been part and parcel, uh, like trading has been part, part and parcel of Jack's life since he was a boy. And that kind of flows throughout the company as like a very like ethos uh, that we all embrace. Um, we have that experience, you know, we've like proven it with like WooX, which is like the flagship product of the Woo ecosystem, which now has, you know, like more than 120,000 registered users, you know, who even throughout like the depths and despair of this bear market, you know, still combined moving more than you know, two to 2.5, even 3 billion uh, volume a week. And we're going to be bringing that on chain uh, into Wufi Pro, which, you know, for me, I think is extremely exciting. Uh, and I feel like if anyone can take a stab uh, at really like trying to build a near indistinguishable uh, a product, which is nearly indistinguishable uh, from like a centralized training product, then uh, I truly believe, you know, we, we might be the ones to be able to do it. In addition, um, you know, Arjun's kind of already mentioned, right, that like orderly is this ultimate trading Lego. Uh, I kind of like that because it really conveys the idea that, you know, everything with orderly is kind of already there to like plug and play with. And it's it's up to us, you know, as to like what we want to build on top of it. And the advantage of WooFi, you know, is that WooFi is extremely composable. Um, so if you think uh, earlier, you caught me shilling the fact that like we've executed a lot of cross-chain swaps, right? And we account for a lot of layer zero uh, transactions. 
you know, what we can do and uh, uniquely is kind of facilitate these omni-chain uh, deposits for WeFi Pro, which for me is one of the most exciting things because, uh, like, I feel like Rage Trade has already mentioned, like, liquidity is fragmented, but also it's like blockchain is a siloed. Uh, I think, like, the, the way in which the space is headed is that we'll just see uh, chains sort of, like, converging over time. I don't know exactly how it looks or kind of when everything slots into place, but it feels like that is the general direction in which everything is moving. And uh, a significant milestone kind of like on that journey uh, is, is kind of allowing anyone to kind of access these kind of trading products from uh, any major EVM chain and, and, and do so like extremely painlessly, you know, and, and easily. So theoretically, you know, your nan in her bungalow when she's 90 years old and she's, uh, you know, sitting on her couch, theoretically, even she should be able to do it. Now, I'm not promising uh, she, she will be able to from, from the get-go, but I feel like that's the, that's the kind of excitement part about Wi-Fi Pro is how extremely accessible it's going to be via these omnichain deposits. Um, and I think generally the experience will be very nice. Uh, we have a dev uh, whom we poached from uh, another decentralized exchange like a couple of months ago who's been working on like a really, really sleek UI. And I think people have different opinions about what makes uh, like the best trading product, right? Some, some people say like liquidity is king or UI is king. Uh, but I feel like uh, the, the, the UI that we should have uh, should be like extremely, <laughs> extremely big to use and look at. Uh, I feel like that's definitely part, that's definitely part of what, what, it, what it means to have a killer product. So TLDR, it's a combination of all of that. <laughs> Great, Charles. It's great, great pitch, and uh, I'm glad you uh, got to show order a little bit there as well. Uh, next to uh, yeah, to BTSE, um, same question. Why should users choose you guys? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, this is certainly my, my opinion, one that I feel strongly about. But I think we've got we've got a really great team building a great product. Um, that's the the fundamental basis of it. We're not really trying to differentiate ourselves with you know wild promotions or flashy features. Um, what we're trying to build is a comfortable but robust trading platform. Uh, you know, to me, it's more of something that you really got to try it to feel it sort of situation. You can't just really take my word for it. Um, I think if you if you look at the decks and where we're at, um, we've taken a lot of what we've learned from the centralized exchange, from our users, from their feedback, um, not just to improve the centralized exchange, but also to provide uh, to improve the dex trading experience. Yeah, I highly recommend people to try out BTSC Dex. It's, it's amazing. Uh, yeah, then uh, to uh, TangleSoft. Yep. So I, I will take the word also on Blake and, and say that if you guys uh, don't take my word, better to, to try it. But in short, uh, for those that are looking for uh, innovations in the DeFi space, for those that are looking opportunities, efficiency, uh, a seamless user experience. I think that TangoSwap will meet uh, the expectations. And of course, robustness and, and security are one of our most important priorities as well. So in that case, we are also well covered. That That's the TLDR for TangoSwap. Excellent. Thanks for that. And then, yeah, uh, RageTrade, can you show us? Yeah, so um, can you repeat the question? It kind of cut out in the last couple answers. Uh, yeah, a question just about, uh, you know, why should users choose your platform and kind of what, what sets it apart? Yeah, yeah, awesome. It's a great question. So, you know, UX is our primary focus. And, you know, especially when we want to make on-chain trading as convenient as possible um, and similar to centralized exchanges. Um so I would say that definitely the strongest point is we really focus on UX and UI because at the end of the day, we're kind of kind of act as a front end rather than, you know, a perp itself. Um, and, you know, for, for things like, for example, multi-chain trading, um, you know, you can trade multiple various markets in just one click. Um, I mean, we've even made things as simple as, you know, uh, us doing the bridging for you. And so our, ultimately our goal is to um, make everything chain agnostic. I think that there are so many chains, so many perpdexes. Um, at the end of the day, I think what matters most is what the user wants. And um, 
What's cool is that we can make things chain agnostic, especially with a good UI UX and using, you know, security tools like account extraction um, in ways in which the user doesn't know or care what chain there are, they're on. And, uh, and they can focus on what matters, execution price, funding rates, et cetera. Um, and so we've done a good job, um, you know, kind of making sure that, um, you know, trading is very, very easy and convenient and you don't have to worry about bridging your collateral, bridging your gas funds, uh, wondering where your liquidity is, et cetera. Um, and we've presented on our, uh, and, and you can see this on our demo and shortly live soon, um, three columns where <clears throat> you can see what the price is, execution price, funding rates are, or you can even search by token incentive. So, you know, if orderly has some ARB tokens that they're, you know, uh, incentivizing trading with in the beginning, um, then it'll show on the token incentives what those incentives are. Um, you know, just like how if GMX had some or if GMX was incentivizing their trading or doing a trading competition, it's all aggregated there. So, um, so really, we, we've been focusing on the user front, where um, I would say is the most important. Amazing. Excited for V2. Also, this account abstraction is definitely something becoming extremely popular now. Um, yeah, then the same question to uh, Wen Moon, Shilas, Shilas Umami. Yeah, so actually, I mirror a lot of the thoughts already said by everybody here, right? And especially in terms of trying to make the best user experience possible. Um, and, you know, that's always been forefront of our mind, especially when designing these products, right? It really doesn't get simpler than, you know, deposit your ETH here, earn 10%, 12%, 15% APY, and all of that will be in ETH, right? Not in a bunch of useless tokens that you have to dump or anything like that. Uh, we, we try and keep it as simple as possible. Um, and yeah, it's so like, why should a user um, use us over uh, any competitor? And I'll I even go further than to say, especially with these market makers that we've sp spoken to, my whole idea when building this was uh, not only do we want to be better than any competitor building um, any vault protocol, but we want to be better than actually these individual traders, even if they are super sophisticated, even these sophisticated traders, we want to be better than them doing the strategy themselves, right? I want to build something where the sophisticated trader actually has a better time in our vault than doing the strategy themselves and not just from a laziness point of view. And the way that we've done that is essentially um, we've built this mechanism. And, and one of the things, obviously, for us is since we're decentralized, um, I'll, I'll mention this, obviously, uh, as, as we've already talked about centralized versus decentralized, uh, these centralized market makers have the ability to use centralized order books, which are going to be a lot cheaper in terms of fees, a lot cheaper in terms of slippage, and all this kind of, uh, all this kind of stuff, which is already a kind of downside for us building this decentralized DeFi product. Uh, and so this was something that we wanted to get over and the way that we've done that is essentially having uh, the ability for the fact that anybody can deposit funds in whatever asset they have allows for us to net our, uh, like Umami's entire book um, and place trades against each other in terms of the vaults can sort of help each other by giving each other or swapping exposures between each other in a sort of OTC way that allows uh, users to signal um, automatically what exposure they want and what exposure they can give away. Uh, all that kind of means, without going too deep into it, all that kind of means is that um, we can actually place a large quantity of our trades, a large percentage of our trades, uh, right now, sitting at around about 90% of our trades are placed uh, in a way that means that they have completely zero cost um, and no liquidations and also no collateral needed, right? Um, and that is something that no centralized uh, party, no centralized market maker is able to do, right? They're not really, the, the problem with them doing a similar strategy to us is that they need funds on a centralized exchange to be able to hedge. They need to come back every two, three hours 
to to rebalance their trading strategy, they might face some liquidation risk or they have to top up collateral and all this kind of stuff that um, means that overall their strategy is less efficient. Um, ours allows us to get rid of all of that. There's no reason to place, uh, there's no reason to actually pay fees on a large quantity of our trades, which means our overall strategy is going to be a lot cheaper and a lot more capital efficient, meaning that we can have a lot more of our TVL in the yield side leg of the strategy, uh, essentially earning the end user more and more yield um, as we kind of grow. And this only gets better with uh, more deposits. So it's like the, a lot of people talk about scalability and uh, the problem with yield protocols saying that, well, you know, it works at $2 million, but does it work at $200 million? Uh, and the answer for us is actually it works better with more TVL. And that's because there's sort of a uh, network effect where uh, the more TVL you have in the other vaults, the more of these free trades every vault has. So it's really, it's a really interesting, uh, something really interesting that we built and allows us to not only, uh, I, I, I basically say to any trader that might be trying to do the strategy themselves, Take a look at our strategy, and I think you will be impressed. Yeah. Amazing. Thanks for that. You're very insightful. Perfect for someone who's like me, who's a lazy trader. It sounds like sophisticated trading strategies. Um, and then, yeah, I, I get another one, just like a more general question to everyone. Uh, you know, we talk quite a bit about trends here, and a lot of these protocols are very trendy. I just want to, yeah, ask you to be a question on kind of uh, what you think is the most innovative. DeFi trend at the moment, and let's start with let's start with George. Man, oh, it's tough. There's so much stuff happening in DeFi. You wouldn't even think it was a bear market. Um, I think one of the cool things uh, happening definitely is around real world assets. I've feel like I see that popping up a lot in my timeline. I feel like um, maybe years ago we wouldn't have even thought about the idea of like um, tokenizing your Rolex, for instance, and then coming on chain depositing it as collateral. Not, not that I have one, by the way. <laughs> Bear market hits hard. Uh, depositing it as collateral and then borrowing against it, right? Uh, going off and using that loan to go and do something. There's, there's, a, uh, there's a very cool product um, building that out at the moment called Kettle, uh, who are the same guys who run Skillet. would definitely urge you guys to check that out. Um, there, what else is happening? I think on-chain perps, like not necessarily like when you say like innovative. Uh, I say this is more like talking about uh, like room for growth. I feel like uh, someone recently told me if you combined all of the the spot volume across all centralized exchanges, it equals roughly uh, the same amount of volume as Binance perps. Uh, and compared to like, if you think like there's just like uh, on on-chain, I feel like perps is still yet to see the same traction as CFI. And if we manage to get, uh, I say we, I'm talking collectively about DeFi, if we manage to get like even 5% of uh, or 10% of like the volume of perps on CFI, uh, that would be huge uh, for like a huge win for all of us. So I'm excited by that. There's also cool things happening. At the moment. I don't know if you guys are following, there's like friend tech and oh, there's a new competitor at the at, what is it star arena is anyone on stars arena yeah they're actually getting drained right now for 1.1 <laughs> <laughs> oh dear it's not looking good bruv um the, interested to see how this all plays out and whether or not there's all just a ponzi i'd be here i'd be curious to hear what sorry not, not, trying, not trying to hijack be curious to hear what everyone else thinks about um these social five ponzi's is it like are we long on them or are we short boys Well, definitely short on that Stars Arena. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think SocialFi is uh, one that I, I found uh, the most innovative during this time. Um, I think that, you know, it's kind of getting rid of the MetaMask pop-ups uh, is what we kind of need for the next wave of adoption, um, obviously in a, in a secure way. Um, <clears throat> I think that one thing that FriendTech lacks is uh, 2FA and other security measures. So, um, I think that SIM swapping is just so way too common. And when people do things on their phone, they need to make sure that 
um, you know, you're not integrating with just a phone number because that's, at least in the U.S., it's very easy to sim swap people. I think in Europe and in Asia, it's probably a little harder. <clears throat> um, but I think that it's super cool um, what Racer did with FriendTech, um, and it's definitely something that uh, we admire and, and are taking notes on because we, we eventually will have our own mobile app. We'll eventually um, you know, have social logins in secure ways. Um, and so I, I think, uh, I think you hit it, you hit the, the nail right on the head. And I think Socialfy is, um, something to, to look at, especially during this time. Yeah. And for me, building on top of what Viper is saying, especially about like, um, you know, the MetaMask pop-ups things, I think we're seeing more and more, um, uh, not just Socialfy, but, uh, other apps kind of realizing that again, um, stuff doesn't need to be on-chain for the sake of being on-chain. And a lot of the time, the useless compute and uh, other things can be taken off-chain and then using the chain um, for, for actually the purposes it's supposed to solve, like transparency uh, and other things like that. So an example um, would be like Vertex, uh, who is another per platform, but they're like essentially allowing you to trade uh, one click. And I think a lot of other... Um, protocols are kind of doing this kind of stuff because in what world um, do do I ever see any trader choosing to click a million times on their ledger just to open one trade, right? If I really need to short uh, because, you know, whatever, the, the FOMC just happened or something like that, no way am I going to go DeFi route, right? Where I have to have this MetaMask pop up and I'm going to go on my ledger, all this kind of super stuff. So um, th those kind of account abstraction, I think, is super, super innovative and definitely something that, again, we're only kind of just scratching the surface on uh, at the moment. But I think there's going to be a lot of innovation um, around that, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, any thoughts from uh, Tango Swap? Yeah, I, I think the same. I, I think that the the way to go to the future is and get mass adoption through a, a, a is is through a, a account abstraction, chain abstraction, uh, making an on chain what needs to be on chain, or basically being efficient or as efficient as possible, being competitive. Um, when it comes to DeFi innovation itself, I think that for example, a product that I'm quite excited about, it's automatic liquidity management products. Basically, I think that's what, that is what is one of the, of the missing pieces. We see so many digital assets sitting idle because people don't have the time or, or, or the will to learn how different complex DeFi products work. And these protocols really help into verticals, uh, bringing uh, this passive capital into the active capital side. And in a secure way as well, because many, many times people don't, don't, just don't know what they are doing. And these protocols usually tend to have a, a more solid and secure background. And in the other hand, they are uh, great for uh, enticing liquidity on chain. So yeah, two beers in one stone. So pretty bullish about this these protocols and and the future with account abstraction and chain abstraction. Okay, amazing. Thanks for that. And I guess some closing words from BTSC, uh, and then we'll kind of wrap it up on the hour. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm pretty excited about just like in general infrastructure developments, right? Like, and we're starting to see that today, even just kind of improvements in sort of wallets infrastructure, on-ramp infrastructure, you know, it kind of might sound boring, but the fact is that all of this will, you know, um, enable a lot of innovation in the future. Um, you know, if you, there's actually a substantial like body of research around this and uh, basically understanding the way technology evolves and develops. And if you look at systems, like systems as a whole, don't kind of improve all at once, right? It's, it's subsystems within that system that are optimized and improve and, and other subsystems sort of have to innovate and leapfrog. You know, an example of this might be like a car, right? So as a car engine becomes 
more powerful and faster, right? The aerodynamics of that vehicle then have to follow suit, right? You, you need a more aerodynamic vehicle to actually, uh, you know, take advantage of, of, you know, the horsepower in that engine. Um, and then you start doing that, you have to improve the, the chassis, the suspension, right? And so all of these things are sort of leapfrogging each other. I think it's really cool what everyone here today is doing. I think like we're really, you know, with orderly, especially pushing the limits of like what can be done in the DeFi space. Um, and that will in turn cause other people to come and sort of um, build complementary products that push the DeFi space even further. So that's, uh, you know, that's kind of what I'm excited about. Yeah, I totally agree with you there about infrastructure. I get a ton of criticism, but you know, if we didn't invent the engine, we'd still just be trying to kind of upgrade our horses. Um, so yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so yeah, to wrap it up, I mean, I just want to say thanks to all our amazing guests and all the listeners for, for joining in. It's been amazing. Um, uh, yes, so everyone, thanks for joining us. If you want to find out more about Oli, make sure you follow our Twitter handles and follow all our guests here as well. They're always dropping some alpha on their own personal profiles. And yeah, that's a wrap, guys. Thanks a lot. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Amazing. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Thanks. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Bye bye.